How's it going, everybody? Here to do my next revisit episode of the Spider-Man series, I guess if that's what you want to call it. Um, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 from 2014. Um, So, um, yeah, you know, um, uh, well, first, I guess I should say, as I always do in every episode, if you have not seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2, go watch before you come, because this is going to be somewhat spoilerish. Otherwise, there would be really no reason for me to do this. Um, but as I say in the last couple episodes, I don't really go that much into spoilers. I do talk about some things, but I want to leave it open in case I do want to go into, you know, deep things, you know. Leave, leave the door open. But, um, but yeah, so I've, I've made it to the last Garfield movie. Um, and you know what I'm going to say? I like it better than the first one. I know I'm in the minority because I know there's a lot of people that hate this movie. But I'm also going to say something else too. You know, I used to say that I hated Jamie Foxx at the beginning of the movie. But when he becomes Electro, that I really, I, I really like it. Yeah, I like all of it. I don't know why the first part of his character, like, rubbed me the wrong way the first handful. Because this this one I haven't watched as much as the first Amazing Spider-Man. Um, I don't know why the first handful of times I've watched this, it's rubbed me the wrong way so much. Maybe it's just where I'm at in my life right now. Who knows? But I really liked, I really liked what Jamie Foxx was doing. I don't know. I dug it. You know? Um... Let's start with negatives. Let's start with negatives. I think really my only negative for this movie are two things, and they're both villain-related. One, I don't see narrative purpose in throwing Rhino into the movie. Um, we'll come back to that, but I just want to say that. And the other thing, too, is I like setting up Harry as Green Goblin or New Goblin or Hop Goblin or whatever fucking version of Goblin we're doing. But I don't think we ever needed to see it fulfilled in this movie. And I'm not just saying that because I don't want Gwen Stacy to die. Because... I would have liked to get at least one more movie with Emma Stone. But it's also just because I don't like I don't really like how they used Goblin once he actually became Goblin. I I I didn't really like what what Mark Webb did with the character. So to me it just sort of felt like a waste. It's like let's wait to give him another movie or cuz Dane DeHaan is a great actor. I don't think he's like on the level of Andrew Garfield or Emma Stone, but he's a fantastic actor. So like, well, give give him give him room to expand his wings. And let's see what he can really do with this character because prior to that when he was just playing Harry, he was phenomenal. He was perfect cast for that character and so I just I hate that what we got was so short-lived and underutilized. So that's what I would say. 
Um, those are my biggest complaints with the movie. Going into kind of what I said about the first Amazing Spider-Man, any other negative that I could give about this movie is sort of just getting into nitpicky zone, you know? Because, honestly, I thoroughly enjoyed this music. You know, like, sure, is the score as memorable in this one as the first movie? Or Danny Elfin's music in the first two Tobey Maguire movies? Not at all. Most of the score in this movie, kind of forgettable. It, it does its job. There's a few tracks that are great. But overall, kind of forgettable. You know, it's not one of those things where I'm like, ooh, I want to go put on the Amazing Spider-Man 2 soundtrack and listen to. Nope. I would go to any of the Spider-Man soundtracks from the Raimi series. Even the last one where Elfman didn't do the score. Even that one I would put on before I would put on this. But, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, um... So that gets me into the positive things and the things that I really loved about this movie, you know. Um, I guess I'll start with, again, I just really love Sally Fields as Aunt May, you know. I can't believe, you know, kind of piggybacking on what I said in the last revisit episode, I forgot just how much I enjoy her portrayal of this character and how much more I like it better than... And again, I don't want to... I don't... I don't want to make it sound like I'm crapping on the Raimi movies because I really do enjoy those movies, but it's just, it's execution, you know? Like, I think all of the actors in the Raimi movies, including the actress that played Aunt May, did exactly what Raimi wanted her to do, you know? It's just, for me, doesn't do what I want it to do like what Sally Fields does. And it has nothing to do with me liking Sally Fields more than the other actress. Like, if I genuinely thought that she did a better job than Sally Fields, I would have no problem saying that. But I feel like we just get a lot more um, charisma. Is that the right word? Like, the relationship that Peter and Aunt May have in these two movies is a lot more believable. It, like, here's what I'm trying to say. Here's the better way to say it. In the Raimi movies, the, it you do believe that Aunt May and Peter have a really good present relationship. And there's nothing that is done in those movies that you don't completely buy into. The difference is, though, in the Amazing Spider-Man movies... Not only do you believe in the, the, the relationship between Aunt May and Peter, but you also believe that there's history there. It actually believes that these two people, that, that Aunt May really did raise Peter from him being a young boy. That they've lived a life together. I don't have that in the Raimi movies. There's no part of the relationship in those movies where I believe that this uncle and this aunt had a shared history together. I believe that they care about each other, and I believe they mean the words that they're saying to each other, but I don't believe that there's history there. There's not, there's not that conveyed. 
Whereas in these movies, I feel like there is. I feel like Sally Fields and Andrew Garfield have this really great chemistry with one another that they actually feel like guardian and child. And that's... And that just adds so much to the weight of what's happening in the story. And I think that's needed, you know? Um, it sounds like I'm repeating a lot of the same things that I, I said in the last one, but to piggyback again, the relationship between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone is so good. I just hate that she dies in this movie because it just means that we don't get to see them in any more movies and it, and because of the reception of this movie it means we never got a third you know um so it sucks you know because they're they're so good together you know and um you just believe every moment and man that scene when after her head hits the concrete and he comes jumping down and he's holding her and, and crying. Fuck, dude. I'm not even going to lie. I cried, too. I had actual tears coming down my face. Like, like it the way and Andrew Garfield played that scene was so heartbreaking. You know, because it's almost at first, like, he knows what's happened, but he's kind of in disbelief. And in such a short amount of time, he goes from disbelief to, oh, my God, she's dead. And um, it's just, it's beautiful and heart-wrenching. Um, and you really feel the love and the loss uh, in that moment. Um, so yeah, you know, um, again, I love the action scenes in this movie. Like, I love that last battle sequence between Electra and Spider-Man, where he's doing the Itsy Bitsy Spider song and the thing, and like, the, like the, the big, like, synthesizer towers or whatever you want to call them. Like, it's so, it's just, so fun to watch and look like it looks like it's something straight out of the spider-man animated show you know i just think it's fun i i loved it i also love the first time we see him kind of go up against electro where it slows down like in the middle of you know the uh, Times square or whatever wherever it is like i just think that's a that's a fun it's a fun scene like i love the action sequences in this movie I even love the, the, the action sequence with Goblin. I just don't feel like it's enough, you know? Um, which brings me that back to Rhino. Here's the thing, and I've said this to friends who disagree with me, and I'll say it on here. I actually really like Paul Giamatti as Rhino, and I like what he did as this character. He didn't need to be in this fucking movie, though. Like, he's a good enough villain. Rhino, as a character, is a good enough villain to put him in a movie where he can actually play the character. He didn't need to book in this movie. We open the movie with Rhino, and we end the movie with Rhino. 
it it like I understand what Mark Webb was trying to do. And I feel like ending the movie with him made more sense than starting the movie with him. But having him in the movie at all just was I don't know. You know. Um but that being said, which kind of which what I'm about to say kind of feels like I'm kind of being hypocritical cuz it's going to go against what I just said, but I really like the ending of the movie though. I know a lot of people have the, have a problem with the, the end. I also don't have a problem with it like the movie ending mid-battle. Like I feel like the end of this movie is very similar to the end of the last Jedi, you know, because we have Peter sitting at the computer and he's hearing and he's listening to Gwen's commencement speech about hope, right? And it's supposed to be this whole thing about like not losing hope and not letting it ruin you as a person and to to keep moving forward and all, and like all of these like really motivational things and i feel like the the point of the end of that movie is the fact that peter allows himself to move forward and be spider-man again and so when he shows up at the battle that's a huge moment and so i feel like ending the movie on that moment is a really beautiful thing and i think it's perfect for the story that's being told I just don't know if maybe there was a different way to do it you know or if you were gonna open the movie and book in the movie with Rhino I feel like we should have gotten some stuff throughout the movie more with that character in or out of the suit I forget the the like, you know how we have Peter Parker, but then when he's in the city Spider-Man, I don't remember the name of Rhino. What is it, Ivan something or whatever? Or Stefan, or I don't know. But if we got more with the character, maybe even just in prison or something, you know, like maybe we see him behind bars and he's having a conversation with Re-Siphons, you know, character, you know? who knows like you know something like that like I just felt like what's the point and I especially say that knowing that we never got the follow up movie to this you know because you know I did a little bit of googling before I started the podcast and he was supposedly going to be in the Amazing Spider-Man 3 and they supposedly were they were going to have Christoph Waltz as um, Doc Ock which would have been fucking awesome um, as well as a couple other people, cast of characters, you know, uh, Felicity Jones was going to come back to reprise her role as, uh, F- Felicia Hardy or Black Cat. That would have been interesting to see. Um, there's a lot of stuff, you know, um, I just, yeah, you know, I, uh, I just don't get it, but that doesn't t- take away from the movie that much for me you know um so i guess i'll end this by saying uh where my ranking is right now because i finished two franchises so at the bottom of the list at number at number well i guess i should say at the bottom of the list because we're not including the marvel movies or into the spider-verse yet so right now I have Spider-Man at all the way at the bottom, and then Spider-Man 3, and then The Amazing Spider-Man, and then The Amazing Spider-Man 2, 
and then Spider-Man 2. Even though I think The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Amazing Spider-Man are better movies, it's Doc Ock, man. I just... I love Alfred Molina as that character so much. And especially knowing that we're getting him in No Way Home, like, I feel like I'd be a hypocrite if I debunked it from its spot, okay? Like, I love that movie, okay? So, I can't help it. But, but, hey, but the other crazy thing is, yeah, I like The Amazing Spider-Man 2 better than the first one. Bite me. (laughs) That's all I got to say about that. Um... Yeah, I I really I really like this movie, and you know after going through the first five Spider-Man movies, I'm really glad I have all of these movies on Blu-ray now, because I just rebought all of them in Steelbook, and um, and they came with the digital codes too, so I have them at hard copy and um, digital. And before buying the, these, I didn't have the Amazing Spider-Man movies. So now I have all of them. And I'm glad I do because I really, I forgot just how much I enjoy these Spider-Man movies. So now tomorrow will be Homecoming and Far From Home. So cool. Uh, or at least Homecoming. I might not get to Far From Home. Because tomorrow was also Disney Plus Day. So I'm going to be watching that for as long as it happens. So I'm not going to promise I'm going to get both out tomorrow. But I'll probably at least get Homecoming out. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. And I will see you guys in the next podcast. Peace out.